Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got another one for you. We're going to keep talking about some dark horses of Malifo. So we're getting into it. We got a different one we're going to look into today, which we will introduce as Pandora. So this one surprised me. We'll talk about it. I got Dixon on the podcast today because Dixon, much like me, you love playing the Pandora. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, but it, it, it's interesting. We, we're going to look at a couple of data points and we're going to look at kind of some tactics and just see why is she actually considered a dark horse. But before we get into that, make sure that you guys are checking out some of our uh, social media and website. We have ragequitwire.com. Put out some content there where you guys can read some just quick articles, some information, videos, things we put out there. Also, uh, make sure that you guys are checking us out on Instagram. And really excited. I'm actually going to paint today. So you might see some uh, postings of the old Instagram today. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, make sure that you sign up on patreon.com. You can support us for as little as a dollar. Uh, just wanted to reach out to some people that have been supporting us uh, just to thank them. Uh, so I'm just going to shout out quick five and then we'll kind of get on with it. So I want to thank Matthew K. I guess this is Will Owl and <laughs> Nick Westbrook. Uh, Rufus, and then Joe Hadfield. So those guys, thanks for supporting us. Next week, we'll shout out the next five and kind of go down the line as we keep getting new patrons to help us uh, keep things running. But what we are going to talk about today is we are looking at our Dark Horse series. Uh, Dixon, you weren't on with the first one that we did on Wong. So I wanted to get real quick. When you think of a Dark Horse, what are you thinking of? Uh, depending on the game, is something different. For example, in War Machine, it was a um, it was a caster that, in like specific situations, it was so powerful that if somebody didn't have an answer, then you could just like you know coast through the entire tournament with that one caster. Uh, in 40k, if it's something that destroys the what's actually meta, and so on and so forth. So in in War in Malifaux, I think a dark horse uh, master would be somebody that looks at a faction and basically manhandles them. Okay, so you're you're going at this a little different where you're like it's a it's maybe a master that's not used as much but it, it can really dismantle a certain tactic or strategy. Yep. Oh. It just like you play against a certain type of crew and all of a sudden they don't have really many answers or the answers that they have are inadequate. So maybe the like a good example of this might be something like you know a lot of people are playing dreamer but you have a dark horse pick that can just tear Dreamer apart. Right. Okay, that's kind of interesting. I like that that uh, viewpoint on it. So we are kind of going to look at Pandora. So we're going to kind of just go through it a little bit and see kind of what we think about her. So first off, Dixon, who is Pandora? So what does she do? Um, that's kind of what we're going to start with. Pandora is the Condition Master in Neverborn. She just manipulates all of the conditions on the hair models or the opponents. She does a lot of uh, what we call AOE, you know, multiple models getting hit by the same uh, ability. 
uh, effects, not during her activation or not during the activation of models, really. She just, if something gets on a model, she has like this aura that just punishes you for it, either by moving you or, or pinging you. So if you have any sort of buffs that you like to put on models, any like focus or any shielded, you get punished for it. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting that with her crew, you can kind of really have some dark horse picks that are going to let you really maybe expose what your opponent's doing. For example, like if you're going against, let's say, Kyrus, and you know they're going to be lighting their stuff on fire, maybe you bring Iggy because Iggy can manipulate the burning condition. So that's yep. that's a really cool feature of the crew. I mean, I think Candy's another one who she can be an opportunist with fast models, and then you have Baby Cade who can uh, be opportunist against models that are slowed. So there, there's a lot of cool play around and, and tricks that you don't expect until you see it in Pandora's crew. They also like to rearrange the enemy crew in movement. So yeah. if in the in the map you see any hazardous terrain or you have an ability to put in hazardous terrain, Pandora can even be a bigger detriment because like you said, Baby Kane, he also has a lure. Mm -hmm. So lure can he can lure somebody, slow them down, and then you now get two pings. You get one for the hazardous terrain and one for the slow. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid if the Hassel's terrain also has multiple things like injured. Well, I also I also think fire. it's really good for those crews that, you know, people make their tight bubble and they're at the very edge of it and you can push them out of their basically AOEs and areas and uh, different pulses and auras that they have in their crew. And that can really start to tear apart what they're doing. Absolutely. You just push them out of their own bubble. Or use it to disengage. Correct. And then, like, for example, uh, one of the things that happens is, like, start of start of activation effects if you're not within X, you know, range of something. So uh, let's use Cadmus, for example. If you were to, like, say, move every single one of the Isoneers away from uh, the Doctor, mm -hmm. then she wouldn't be able to, in the beginning of her activation, she makes one of them into a, uh, into a Berserker. Yeah. So that would be, that'd be big. Because you're trying to get that trigger off. Yeah, I also like how Pandora really just controls what's going on. Because, I mean, her mood swing ability is just, it's just hilarious. Where you can just be like, no, you want to, you're within six of me. You don't get to activate. That model over there is going to activate. Yeah. Now, that's incredibly hard to pull off sometimes. Because you have to know the enemy crew, too. Well, it's like, okay, if he activates the support model last, then I win. Or if I activate that support model first then I win. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing out. where it's like, oh, you want to go with your big beater. You know what? Instead of going with the first mate, you're going to go with, you know, Earl. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely right. Yeah. So that's a really cool ability. There's, It's kind of this cool condition control master. Um, and I don't know if maybe that's why she's not as popular. Maybe people don't like the managing of resources and and the decision points that you have with her. Right, so that's why I brought the graph. I, I asked some of my friends in the uh, committee to see if they had any um, any information on the masters, and they have like a lot of information on who has the biggest win rates and stuff like that. Pandora is thirty six percent win rate. She is not doing well. Yeah, and so it looks like people are playing Pandora, but people are like, "Well, she's not that good, though." Right. And then that's this is why I wanted to talk to her about today because I played a tournament with just Pandora to see if my if my beliefs in in her 
are, you know, it's like, okay, she's bad in these matchups. Let me make sure that I don't force myself into these matchups. So my win rate of her, if I remember correctly, I haven't lost any games or tied any games with her up until that tournament. In that tournament, I lost two and I won two. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason was because I never play her against, uh, well, we'll talk about it at the end, but like I never play her in certain matchups and I'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. Okay. And I only play her into matchups that I think I'm going to win. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's kind of what you want to do with any master, right? I mean, I, I think there's... Some masters don't, don't need to do that. That's that's what makes them good. Like, Von Stuck can play against anything. Well, I think that's I think that's far and few between, though. I don't think there are a lot of masters that you can be like, I'm going to throw this into any mission, any crew, and I'll be okay. I think there's probably about one or two probably in each faction and maybe not even that in some like guild right but right 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 i mean if i were to say any like if we were to pick one on each uh faction we would run out quickly because i think only like three or four factions could actually say one or two masters that can do every every yeah. mission yeah i agree so that's kind of not too surprising because you're right there are certain uh certain strategies and schemes where i'm like i can't bring pandora in this and i think one one I guess situation where I wouldn't bring Pandora is definitely in a corner deployment. I do not like her in any corner deployment. Right. Um, just cause it is a slower crew. Um, yes. With like one exception. Yeah. Iggy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and if I do feel like I can, if I feel like the, the strats and schemes are strong for Pandora, uh, in that situation, I'll bring like the hooded rider for like ride with me's to get everybody where I need them. Um, so yeah, that's something else I do if if I feel like I need more uh, movement with Pandora. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but any I think any strategy or scheme where you want to be sitting kind of around the middle, or where you want to just you're trying to deny your opponent from getting some position on the board, Pandora is just extremely. She's just phenomenal at it. Yep. She she just for example, uh, I I personally I love her in corrupted ley lines yep. a lot. That's where I think she shines the best in Neverborn. And the main reason is she just pushes people out of the... Incidentally. She incidentally pushes people out of the, the ley lines. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm here. Okay, I'm going to buff. Okay, get out of the way. Yep. Oh, crap. Yeah, I, also, I do like her <laughs> to recover evidence with certain crew builds of hers, though, because you can bring a really tanky crew with Pandora that is going to be very difficult to remove from the table. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, uh, she's so tanky, you have to base in. She's slow. You basically come to her. Yeah, I mean, or when you look at the, the crew that I like bringing when it's like, I'm just going to tank up and just try to deny you from recovering any evidence. I mean, I, right. I'm bringing like Pandora, Candy. Uh, usually I'll bring the Hooded Rider and Hinamatsu also in that situation. Mm -hmm. So though that's kind of the baseline for when I'm doing recover evidence of like, okay, these are tanky models that you're going to have a hard time removing. Yeah. Uh, the biggest issue that, that I find with her in recover evidence, and it's not bad. It's like, yeah, you're tanky, but the general gist of how you play is by slicing and like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. And sometimes you can't death by a thousand cuts fast enough. So I like by turn two, you haven't killed anybody, but everybody's like at, you know, a third or below half health. Yeah, I think that does depend on the crew you're going against, though, because, mm -hmm. I mean, self-loathing, if, you know, they have a real powerful attack, well, you also have a powerful attack then. Yes, but often enough that I see people do that, they don't. They they bring somebody that has like a two, four, five or a two, four, yeah. six attack, meaning that, 
if you do self-loading into them, you're doing self-loading. You focus, hit them with self-loading, and hit them for their maximum damage. Yeah. So you're, you're using two actions to do that. And sometimes that's just not enough. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong there, for sure. Um, it's definitely one of those things that you got to keep in mind when you're playing with Pandora and against her, because that's kind of the yep. thing. Like, if you bring a sick model that's going to do crazy attacks, well... You're going to hate yourself. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. I had a game, uh, I, I believe I won 7-1. It was, uh, I don't know if it was Recover Evidence or it was, it was in that tournament that I told you about where I, I just play Pandora every round. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say two examples. One was, I uh, forgot the strategy, but somebody brought Marcus and brought Cujo, the giant eight. Yeah. He had four focus on that model. And I was like, that's a mistake, but I don't think he understands the mistake. I don't think you understand what's about to happen. So that exactly. So like I I did what I do. I got across the table with Pandora and put myself within six inches of everything that he owned. And I just blasted Kujo off the table by turn two. Yeah. And like I had a, a guy, I told my friends on the on the Discord and on the uh, on the chats that I'm in. And they're like, no way. There's no way. He's like 13 points. How did you do that? <laughs> Like he decided to buff him for some reason, and then he died. <laughs> uh, but that's the type of stuff that I was talking about. It's like it's sometimes you making your models better against Pandora is a bad idea, and you have to be aware of that. And the other example I wanted to give, and I lost this game, but I'm very proud of this moment because it was like one of the best moments of why Pandora is dangerous if you're not thinking about it. Uh, it was Ototo. Uh, with Ototo, he decided to come into me, so he teleported into Pandora, surrounded by her minions and her models, and Candy was around too. And he attacked Pandora, and I just went, all right, you're stunned, move away from me, into barbed wire that happened to be nearby. So then he took damage from the barbed wire, because I, I went, all right, I attack you, get stunned. Okay, the poltergeist is going to move you into the barbed wire. Okay. Now Pandora is going to trigger from the injured in a barbed wire, and you're going to get moved and take another damage from the barbed wire, and you're going to you're going to trigger now, uh, what you call it, another hazardous terrain, and it was just like a, a cavalcade of of comedy. It's just like he tried to do something, he gets punished for it, moves back again. It was just like a nightmare. He couldn't ignore the terrifying because the poltergeist was there, so he had to kill it. And I think it took like one activation after that to kill off Ototo because I just triggered everything again on him and he just died. There was there was no way he could just like spend five soul stones to prevent all five different forms of damage that he was receiving. Yeah, I mean, and then you're just wasting resources on top of dying at that point. Yeah, but like I lost this game for what I'm going to say. The, one of the main reasons why I, I you should not play Pandora. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. We should not play Pandora against... Um, 10 Thunders. Like, just don't do it. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But why'd you end up losing that? Was it 10 Thunders? It was, yeah, he's, he was playing Misaki 10 Thunders okay. and he brought in three roofless models, one of them having a uh, laugh off. Okay. It was just, yeah, you just couldn't deal with all that. because And all of them had guns except for Ototo. Toto was the only, Toto and Misaki were the only two that, take, well, I guess Misaki has a gun, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, no range attacks really. Yeah. Yeah. It was gross. It was really bad. So I lost because after that, he just kept shooting at Pandora and the um, and the Hooded Rider and, you know, just, just start blowing off my models off the table. Okay. So I think we got a good idea. And I, I mean, 
honestly, I think a lot of people do know who Pandora is and what she does. I, I don't, I think people at least know it's like, okay, that's the condition master and she's, you know, a pain to deal with. But like I said, this is a dark horse episode. So what actually makes her a dark horse? Um, if I see that I'm playing against either Bayou or against um, uh, Explorers or whatchamacallit, uh, Resurrectionists, mm -hmm. I look at the map, I look at the strategy, and then I, I usually, if like the map is not riddled with severe terrain, or if it's riddled with severe terrain, but there's a path for Pandora, then I pick Pandora. Because those three factions have naturally low willpower. Mm -hmm. The average willpower in all three factions is four. Yeah. So Pandora just shines just on that. And if the if the uh, strategy is not good for one of the masters in those factions that usually have high willpower, then it's even better. Okay, so, I mean, and, and you're saying that she really hard counters the low willpower and a lot of her attacks are willpower based. So I guess my question is, why don't people usually bring her? And then if they do, why is that win percentage so low, do you think? I don't think people are thinking about it the same way that I do. Okay. I, I honest to God, I believe people, I would have to like look up more information. I asked my friend just for the, uh, for the uh, information on masters, I didn't ask him if he could give me like information on matchups. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they even have that, to be honest. I wasn't thinking about yeah. it ahead of time. Yeah, like right now, uh, we were talking about it earlier, but like, it's it's good to say it's like there's also other people that I consider dark horses that are having like really high win rate. Like um, what you call it? You know that another favorite of the podcast is Titanium. Yeah, and her win rate is like 72% or 73% win rate. Well, I think you were also like you and I were talking and you said that Pandora in general, mm -hmm. just, I, I think we just kind of said that people just think that other masters can do the job better. I think that's what you told me specifically. Yeah. yeah but the, I also believe and the reason why I mentioned Titan is like, I also believe that people that play Pandora, they see how powerful she is in certain matchups and they assume that she's just like going to destroy everybody in every matchup. Mm. And that's why I said uh, Titan. I don't think Titan is suffering the same. And from what I hear from the guys in the, uh, in the, uh, whatchamacallit, in the committee is like, yeah, no, she's just like picked in specific matchups. Like the map is full of severe terrain and then they just decide, oh, I guess this is a map for Titania. Whereas with Pandora, I don't think the same is happening. I think people, I'm going to look at the information later on and, and figure out, I'll, we'll post something on the, uh, on the Patreon's uh, Discord. Yeah. Uh, because I think Pandora is just getting picked because when she wins, she destroys the opponents usually. Well, and also... I think that she she does kind of some of that control aspect of what Pandora does, but she's also more mobile, right? So like I said, yeah. if you do have that corner deployment, you can still easily play Titania and still make a good game of it. Correct. Yeah. Whereas Pandora, if you're in wedge deployment or flank, you have a huge advantage. Yeah. Because you're already like halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially I know that if I am going to if if I can get Pandora and most of her crew close to the middle by turn one, I know it's a good game. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, but the more you're wasting your activations and stuff to uh, to kind of just move and position with Pandora, that's not where you want to be. No. I mean, uh, this is a, a nifty trick that I say. A lot of people just like, I never thought saw that coming. 
Uh, turn one, last activation, I'll activate Pandora. I know this is a crime against like humanity for some players, but uh, last activation is not usually candy on turn one. <laughs> I mean, turn one for candy doesn't need to be last anyways. Yeah, but I, I, God almighty, do I see a lot of people whining about it every time I do it. Yeah, but uh, on, on I turn do... one, it's like, nobody's, it's like, it's not important turn one. And turn two is where you start really having to follow that rule, I feel like. Right, right. So turn one, I usually have an aversion in every single one of my lists, mm -hmm. if not every single one of my lists. And the aversion pushes Pandora four inches forward. Yep. And then does his own thing the rest of the turn, right? And Pandora then, now it's four inches forward. And then she runs between 10 and five inches. She just like keeps walking, gets to where she needs to be on turn two, on the beginning of turn two. And then she opens the box and that's it. That's her turn one. <laughs> and then shenanigans happen after that. Yeah, so if you can get a turn one, open the box. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, and that's not even that, I don't even think it's that difficult to do, honestly, because uh, you, like you said, you push her up four and then you can walk anywhere from 10 to 15 if you really need to. And then the, mm -hmm. the box opens at six inch kind of uh, pulse, right? So it's just, yep. it's very feasible to get that off turn one. Yep. And, and let's not forget, you mentioned it earlier, mood swings, because that is the real power after yeah. that. It's like, all right, I want to activate my meter to punish Pandora moving forward. And you go, no, you activate that support model over there. <laughs> yep. I'm going to do my thing now. <laughs> and then essentially it can get a lot of points where you even kill that beater before they mm -hmm. even get a chance to activate it and kind of make Pandora pay for overextending. Yep. That's the plan. The bad. plan is kill the biggest beater or make the biggest beater useless yep. and then move on to the next thing and just keep Pandora alive. Wait. Usually my games end with Pandora dying by turn three, two or three and I win. Yeah. I mean, I would say that because especially with the beater, if you can do it where you have stunned on it, and then you have like slow on it. it. It just it starts to make it very painful for your opponent <laughs> to activate that model. Right. Uh, exactly right. Yeah. So I can definitely see what you're talking about as far as uh, looking at Pandora as as kind of like a dark horse. Um, I guess just from what I hear people talk about, I can definitely see where you're you're right about Pandora as far as not being chosen and played. I think correctly as much. Um, mm. I think it, if you like playing Pandora, I think it's very easy to force her into bad situations. Yeah, um, I, I did again. I did it for that one tournament, yeah. and I, I for many reasons. Like main reason is I think Pandora is a top tier master. I know that I usually don't put her into bad matchups. I'm gonna see how bad she does. Yeah, I mean, because I've I've pretty much played her into Rezzers and some Arcanists, and the Rezzer mm -hmm. matchups definitely went better. Yeah, and, and she, does she does fine against Arcanists, but she's not, like, you know, putting a, like, a foot on their neck. Yeah. Like, I will crush you if you fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and honestly, I see a lot of new players play her, too. I don't know if, if that has anything to do with it, but I, yeah. I do see a lot of new players pick her up as well. Yeah. Especially with Vassal, because she's one of the masters that's available, like readily available to buy right now. Mm -hmm. And she looks great. She has both the, the alternate box, which is fucking awesome, and yeah. I wish I had one. And she has the uh, the normal box, which also looks great. That's the one that I have, and I absolutely love the model. Yeah, I, like, I would oh, say I just I love her crew in general, man. They look great. They look great. The baby Kate just looks so unassuming and is so 
flipping awesome that he can be dangerous as a second wave hitter. Yeah, and then holy, crap. I mean, that's the thing though. Like, if you really want to, you know, be the beatdown, right? You could just bring Baby Kate and Teddy and just really start smashing people. And, and by the way, that combo is incredibly good in certain matchups where the board is not terrible. Oh, yeah. Also, recommendation: people often make the mistake because they think that. Uh, Baby is supposed to be a frontline fighter. He's not. He's a second line fighter with support, really strong support. You should not throw him out first. You should not activate him first. He's to heal and support Teddy. Teddy is going to wreck some house. And that two inch reach usually wins you games too. Yeah. And you even have like a, you know, quick getaway with where's Teddy if you really get in trouble. Yep. I mean, you can lure him. It's like, all right, um, I'm going to lure Teddy. Teddy moved. Okay, now I'm going to where's Teddy or lure him again. And then now Teddy healed too, is in a better position. And we can, well, actually, both of us healed too. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, he's, it's amazing. Like, don't play Baby Kate <laughs> <laughs> like a frontline fighter. Hide him. Oh, yeah, for sure. If they kill Teddy, then you use uh, Baby Kate and wreck him. Yeah, because Baby Kate will definitely, definitely die if, if, uh, if he's overextended. And yeah. I think that might also be part of the reason why this crew is a dark horse, because it really is tough sometimes finding the pieces that are going to help you win the game because it is very situational. Also the, the mentality, because uh, for example, one of the models that I love using is an aversion into sorrows. That's a module that I, li- I love to use. Mm-hmm. And people constantly tell me, don't do that. Those models are bad. They just die. Like that hasn't been my experience, and I've been playing against you know some of the best players in the world. Uh, I think you just have to not give them away. Like that's yeah. a, that's a recommendation that I, I gave a friend of mine in Spanish. It's uh, no lo regale, which is basically don't give them away like presents. Yeah, yeah, don't just hide them in in cover. You know they ignore terrain because they're incorporeal. Uh, lower the damage as much as possible. You know, you layer that. You layer the defenses that they have. Well, and well not only that. Life I think you. What's up? I think you also got to make it inconvenient to target them. Meaning, like, not just yes. not just in terrain, but I'm not. When I play those models, once mm-hmm. I kind of get my formation set up, they're usually not right in the middle with Pandora. They're usually kind mm-hmm. of moving towards other objectives and kind of causing problems. See, you and I do that differently. I use Lysus for that. And I get a lot of flack for using Lysus because they don't do anything offensively. I've never actually even used them. They're they're incredibly good at literally doing what you say uh, because they don't have any offensive capabilities, really. You can can try to stagger somebody after they have no hand or something like that, and they are an additional bubble of, like, if you're stunned, you take damage or you get moved. You know, misery is is actually a quite powerful ability, well, but Liza's was, being. I was actually going to tell you or ask you that. So, as well with Liza, there, I think a, yeah. I, I think a lot of those models, you, mm. you people miss the triggers to save their models. Yes, because they constantly assume that okay, they're garbage models, so therefore they're just going to die. Yeah, I was like, no, just kind of look. He's in. She's incorporeal. Four points. Everything average for defense. Only four life. Okay, that's fine. Just. Don't let her die easy. Like it'll take two moderates or uh, severe five to kill her, which is still resources your opponent had to do, and they're not on anything else in your crew. Yeah, I just think a lot of players that play Pandora, I think they focus on misery. I think they focus on the ping damage instead of the positioning. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, yeah, those are kind of like, eh, you know, they can die easily kind of models, but 
if they, I mean, cause you know, most people are going to yeah. engage a model at their maximum reach. So yeah. it's like, okay, you do that. You're stunned now and I'm going to push you two inches away and now you don't get another attack. Mm-hmm. Or stagger. That's actually uh, another thing. If you activate, this happened actually multiple times. People just shy of killing her because she has average defensive stats mm-hmm. and she has incorporeal. So then she activates and she throws a stagger at them. And because they have used up, because re- the, uh, the time that you activate her, most of the turn have gone by. They have no resources or really low cards in hand. And if they don't flip a high card and you've been saving like a 10 or something, she will stagger you, move you out of the way, and continue on her merry way for, with two actions left. <laughs> it happens so often that like that's the main reason why I have her. I have her. It's like, all right, if they kill her, oh, well, it's four points. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that you can't be scared to bring some of those uh, squishier models with the sorrow. And mm-hmm. I've, even Iggy's like... It can die decently easy. Um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, I've even brought Wicked Dolls and, like, Basilla with them. I've done that, too. Um, depending on the matchup, I either bring Iggy plus um, Carver or mm-hmm. Basilla and two uh, Wicked Dolls, uh, depending on the matchup. So, <laughs> I was talking... I can't remember who I was talking to about Pandora. It was somebody on uh, Twitter, I think. But I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, you look at Pandora, you can start giving you know, suits to people. I think it's, is it uh, despair's influence maybe? Yeah. Yes. And I mean, you look at Carver and it's like, oh, he's only a two, two, four. It's like, yeah, but you can like throw extra in there. You can throw a, throw an extra Ram in there. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, it becomes four, 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 six. You can literally move him out of combat and give him a, I believe it's a tome because he also has breath of fire. Yeah, and then you can concentrate and breathe fire onto a group of models targeting the the model that doesn't have soul stones or cover. Yep. or not a cover, not cover. Sorry, uh, a minus flip like a hard hard wound or something like mm-hmm. that. Because it's not a gun, so you can just like, all right, concentrate, breathe fire onto that one model, kill that one model for like four damage plus fire three. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane uh, how much you can do with the spare's influence. Most of the time, what I do is I target Pandora and move her out of combat or in position and then discard a mask and for the rest of the turn if anybody attacks her they better not have i mean they they better have laugh off or plant the root yeah. something that doesn't allow them to move because i'm going to be stunning you and moving you away from me oh yeah yeah that, that's that's really like if you know people are going to be focusing hard on pandora yeah yep. doing that and getting a mask is like super good yes yes it's super good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of we talked about this a little bit, but mm-hmm. when you're looking at the board, like when would be a good time to drop her, and when would be a, the time not to drop her? So what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to deciding to pull her out of the bag? So earlier I said something. If there's a path for Pandora to go through, that's an important part. You want Pandora to be within six inches of the enemy. And and to an extent, if you see that it's a good matchup for Wrath, then you bring in Wrath with Pandora to do the exact same. You move through the path to get within six inches of, of the enemy. Yeah. So so that's the first thing. The first thing is you look at the map. I, I so think is there a way for me to go through with both of these models or with just Pandora? Yeah, and I think also deployment's huge too. Uh, just as far as w- yep. what's your zone, like anytime there's a wedge, I automatically start thinking like, okay, th- that's good for Pandora. Let's check the other mm-hmm. blocks after that. 
Yeah, basically, you don't bring her. We'll, we'll talk about it when when not to bring her. But yeah, if if it's like wedge in sometimes in standard deployment or flank, flank yeah. amazing like uh, path sometimes. If you go first or second, it uh, doesn't matter. As long as you have a path on every corner, like, okay, so I can go through here in these different parts of the board, I think she's fine. Boom, put it on the table. There's a lot of thought that goes into it, which is honestly why I believe that she has such a low win rate right now. Yeah, and then uh, the second thing is the strategy. It's like the first is the map. The second is the strategy. Yeah, you said, what, Corrupted's really good? She's the queen in my in my arsenal. She's the queen of corrupted ley lines, and like second place is Sorita. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. And well, I think uh, I, will, I think that yes. she she's also. It depends. I think she might be really really strong, like you said, at ley lines. Just because, I mean, she's not going to move the lodestone super well. Depending right. on the model, but you're going to deny soup like really, really well. So she never touches the lodestone. The, the lodestone. She never interacts with the lodestone herself unless she's passing it off to somebody yeah. else. Uh, that's the job of the rest of the crew, which is what we talked about earlier. We, I have either I, uh, Iggy and and as a bodyguard, he has um, uh, Carver. Mm-hmm. So Iggy Carver are basically a duo, and then <laughs> Iggy will be the ball runner, whereas the you know like Carver will be the bodyguard. It's like nice. if you get close, I'm gonna wreck your shit. <laughs> and then Iggy's just like, all right, tag, got this. All right, next one, tag, got this. <laughs> uh, if it's not that, then it's Vasilisa. It's because Vasilisa can just straight up pick up the baby, put the baby down, give him the ball, and then the baby can just go that way. Uh, the wicked doll, yeah. specifically. Um, yeah, just little things like that. Like you have to think about it as like you, depending on the deployment, if you're doing, um, flank deployment, you have four, uh, ley lines on your side of the table. Yeah. So you should think about it that way. Yeah. And the other thing we talked about is just any faction, or if you expect a certain crew and you know, they have a low willpower, yeah. I think you're like, okay, Pandora is because first off her terrifying is mm-hmm. is like super high it's like a 13 it is it is a 13 and then you have uh, the poltergeist making you have distracted if you're anywhere nearby her it's, it's beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it good. gets gross quick and most of their mm-hmm. attacks are based off of willpower so that's just another reason um yeah there's just a lot they're gonna waste a lot of resources in their hand trying to work around mm-hmm. the, the willpower based actions that you're gonna have yep yeah. Um, another faction we should be looking into, like a like um, that you can play into, is Outcast. Both Outcast and Arcanist sit in the same well. Like their average willpower is five, but I've noticed that there's quite a number of support models on both sides that hit fairly well in our uh, willpower five or four. Yeah. Like scavengers. Scavengers are willpower four. Yeah. Take care <laughs> of them. Yeah. Abominations that randomly come out of a model. They're willpower four. Oh, Just yeah. little things like uh, Parker barrels, if I remember correctly, most of the models are willpower five. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. So again, look into like, okay, what's the possible matchup that I have? Oh, it's Zip? Okay. Uh, can I survive Zip? Yes. All right, cool. Let's do this. Well, I don't know. Does, does, <laughs> it, does a Zip crew just try to stay away from you at that point? Hell no. Zip himself will kill Pandora. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm talking. But 
I think you got to also look at the situation you're putting Zip into because obviously Zip's not going to be doing any of the scheming, but the rest of his crew can just go do whatever the hell they want and just ignore Pandora's crew. Yes. So in symbols of authority and you're playing against Bayou, like I personally always go for Zip. Always. Yeah. Like I do it in I'm both Outcast and uh, Bayou. I think Zip is the king of symbols oh, yeah. of authority. I've, I, I don't think I've lost a game of symbols when I brought out Zip. He's just that good. He's just like movement eight, fly, uh, half ways to manipulate the Iron board, half ways to piano dropping down. Incredibly good. And with Pandora, what he can do is he can he if he's in Bayou specifically, he can put the upgrade that gives him ruthless. Uh, ruthless. Yep. And most often, he only has to pass one ruthless, I mean one uh, terrifying check to get her out of the bubble of the uh, of the poltergeist, yep. and then chase her down like a dog. <laughs> and there's no way that you can stop it. As Pandora, so you have to be very careful. Can I survive Zip? That's the actual question you have to ask yourself when playing against Zip. Yeah, that that was the only thing that I noticed. I was playing against um, uh, what's the Rezzer Ten Thunder do? Uh, blah blah blah. Old uh, old undead Asian there. Yanlo. Well, by the way, I think we can now. We we should be able to talk freely about both when it's good for her and when it's bad. So yeah. you're saying you bring her when you bring Yanlo. So I actually I actually won that game pretty easily against Yanlo, but I will say mm -hmm. turn four and five it got pretty gross because Pandora started getting pushed like you know a bunch of inches away. Yeah, treacherous path is a problem. Um, so that that definitely was a problem, but I already had the game in hand by then. So I think anything that can reposition Pandora that heavy it can mm -hmm. be a problem. Yes, um, Yanlo has a problem playing against her though because yeah, yeah, he does. has. Ruthless, so Isamu is a thing. Oh yeah, for sure. So you try to get rid of, yeah, you try to get rid. Of, so in my matchups against Yanlo, my aim with Pandora is to kill everything but Yanlo. Yeah, and then I just have to survive Yanlo somehow. Yeah, that, <laughs> the game I played was actually funny because I didn't kill like anything. I just bogged down mm -hmm. the middle, and it was symbols. So I just had my you know Iggy, and I had some wicked dolls running around just getting the symbols, right. while I just held up the middle. Yep. Yep. That's that's it. That's it. You have to basically uh, play around the rest of the crew. Like Manos may be a problem. You know, Isamu may be a problem. Just little things yeah. like that you have to be careful with. Yeah. Uh, but uh, most of the time, you have you should have a a, a win against Yan Lo. A big win actually, because aside of Yan Lo, uh, turn three and on, I don't see Yan Lo killing Pandora fast. Oh enough. no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. So Pandora being repositioned is bad. So you don't want to usually bring her with against crews that are going to cause that kind of problem. Do you think? Mainly, if you see a lot of repositioning and stuff like that, like you're saying, uh, bring something that creates a, um, which we call it hassle strain, like the the emissary. Remember when I uh, a while ago, I think I mentioned in the podcast that I bring the emissary whenever the terrain is bad. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the the hooded rider also. Remember, I don't know. Oh, anyway. Yeah, because so I, I was saying that I bring the hooded rider a lot, and you were telling me to try yeah. the emissary out. So I do one or the other most of the time, and in special occasions I bring both. Like uh, recovery evidence is an example, and the reason is uh, they create hazardous terrain auras, and anything that the opponent does, I can punish it. 
It's like, oh, you got focus. I move you. You take damage from the hazardous terrain, and now you're in a bad position. <laughs> it's like, and and just over and over again, you just keep doing things like that. With the emissary, the same thing. You can give out stagger, and then you punish them for it, and then move them again. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, what when you think of other reasons not to bring Pandora, what would be another one that you think of just off the top of your head? So 100% never bring her into 10 Thunders. Okay, so, I just, so Ruthless is a big problem because 10 Thunders have a lot of it. So Pandora has four things that she hates, that she absolutely hates. Uh, number one in the list is Numbskull. Like, Numbskull oh, yeah. is by far... So, and like, I know Resurrectionist, yeah, Resurrectionist has that, and Archie is like a silver bullet, but she can handle Archie. Uh, the stupid bone piles... That is a problem because <laughs> you can do multiples of them, and they can they have also ruthless, and they can shoot you. Yeah, and like Pandora loves you know loves guns so much. Like, nah, she hates guns so bad. Yeah, she hates anything that can stay back at range and just kind of just destroy yeah. what she's doing. So if you can play around with having a bone pile or two in your crew, and you're playing against Pandora, I recommend you put one or two against her, and it's gonna be hard. Like the unlow player. Brought a bone pile, and that was one of the few models I just couldn't kill. I just could not kill the bone pile. Yeah, if I was going to play against Pandora, I think mm -hmm. the matchup I would want to play against her would be, me personally, would be Ophelia. Because I feel like, Kin, you can get two of your good models like Ophelia and maybe um, Francois and make them so, ruthless. And then just maybe try and make them pay that way. So I, I'll, I'll talk about that later in uh, ways that you can play around the bad things that, that she plays. So like I said, first thing, she hates Numbskull. Yep. Second thing she hates is uh, Ruthless. Mm -hmm. Everybody uh, thinks that the Poltergeist is enough, has not had their Poltergeist kill turn one or two. Yeah, Poltergeist. <laughs> so if you, I'd say if they haven't played against Pandora a lot, the Poltergeist yeah. is probably one of your first targets you should try to get rid of. Correct. That you should always kill the poltergeist first. Like there's no ifs and buts. You should not attack Fandora first if you have a chance to kill the poltergeist first. Yep. So first numbskull, second ruthless, third is uh, any ability that does not allow you to be moved. So plant the roots, laugh off, you know that sort mm -hmm. of thing. She hates that. She hates that because half her play game plan is moving you away from her or moving you into just the right range yep. or into hazardous and shit like yep. that. And then finally, high willpower. Yeah. And Ten Thunders has three out of the four things she hates. Oh, yeah, they, they <laughs> do, don't they? Yeah, they have three out of the four, and they can bring them in. Because one of them uh, is a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of her... It's a Barrett Versatile. There you go. It's Fuhatsu. Fuhatsu has a... Oh, and I guess number five would be any combination of the above with guns. <laughs> <laughs> Just guns. Guns and two of the options from the four. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, even melee. Even if you're in melee with her, she can still do th things against you. Yeah. So you have to be aware of that. But the guns, there's only so much you can do. True. Yeah. That's a problem. So uh, Fuhatsu is like number one in my shit list. <laughs> um, Archie is second. And then at down there, it just the list goes on. Any ruthless gun model. So like, um, you know, the worst in my opinion is the the fucking. Um, it's from the marshals. It's low marshal. The low marshal. 
I hate that guy. I hate that guy with a passion of a thousand burning suns. So how how would it make <laughs> you feel, Dixon, if I told you that I was slowly picking up ten thunder or stuff? I'm fine. I still have my other masters. <laughs> hey, I'm serious. Like I, because that's again, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. You can how you can play around it because you still should try, even if it's a bad. Which is why I did that. I played her in the tournament. Full on, knowing that if I get any of my bad matchups, I'm going to suffer. Well, and, and I, that's kind of what I told people when we did our first uh, Dark Horse episode. I was like, if you're going to play a Dark Horse, you need to <laughs> get your reps in so you know where their spot is, where you can take advantage of, you know, yes. the Dark Horse matchup. Yes. If you're going to, if you plan on playing a Dark Horse Master, my recommendation is you, you have to learn opponent's crews. What's meta? Quote yeah, and even the bad matchups, you need to be like, okay, I can bring Pandora in this situation, but against yep. ten thunders with all them bullets, probably not. Yep. So uh, earlier you said an example that you bring Ophelia, right? Yeah. So Bayou should have a huge bonus because they can put Roofless against everybody, right? Well, up to two models, right? Yeah, but like you put it on your two biggest beaters, yep. and that's a third of your crew usually. Yep. So the biggest issue there is. I don't mind that if it's a model that doesn't need uh, uh, triggers. I'm sorry, if it's a model that needs triggers. If you don't need triggers and you put Roofless on on a model, then I cry a little bit inside. <laughs> it's true. Like, But Ophelia needs them. Ophelia needs them. So if I get within six inches of her and I stun her, she's in trouble. And it's happened multiple times. <laughs> yeah, well, now that you're saying that because... You do want either like crit strike or maybe even walking arsenal trick. Yeah, because I mean, each of her things has at least two triggers. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, everybody, everybody that needs triggers, it's a, uh, it's gotta, gotta suffer if Pandora gets to hit you with a stun. I mean, she does have Rebel Yellow. Yeah, but that targets other people. It's an attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're more looking at. Okay. Yeah, because it's Ophelia herself is. I mean, I can mitigate some of her damage. That's important because you can get then get healed by either Serena if you think the matchup requires her or Candy because Candy's always going to be in the list and then you may need an additional healer so you bring in Serena. Yeah, you can play around every one of the bad things that I said. The the top five worst things that Pandora hates, it's by building the list accordingly. And again, it, that's part of being a dark horse. It's like, all right, well, I'm kind of stuck in this option. I can't bring my other masters. So I guess I can bring. You know, X. Yeah, the stuff to play around it. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see where you're talking about there. Where, I mean, and that's kind of knowing your Dark Horse Master, right? Where you're like, okay, Ophelia is going to have Ruthless, mm -hmm. but I'm going to make it where the actions aren't going to be as valuable as they normally are. Yep. Or I'm going to throw a Sorrow into Melee with her and I'm going to try to stun her repeatedly. <laughs> it happens so often, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, oh, I have guns. There's a sorrow in your face now. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, kind of cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So we definitely, I think, got a good idea of probably why Pandora. Because like like I said, she, I feel like she is difficult to play for a lot of people just because there's a lot of auras and you have to hit your triggers and you have to then you know, use them defensively, but then offensively. And you have to realize which, you know, part you activated per activation. And it can just be a lot where I can definitely see people struggling to play it, you know, well. 
And like every master that has a defensive trigger, any attack that doesn't attack, that defensive trigger is also a problem. So like if you play Pandora every single game thinking that you're going to be safe in the middle of like a crew of six, then you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> That's why I said uh, if Zip goes in for her, you have to play differently. You have to be a lot more careful about where you put her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because once you're not in the middle of the board and once you're not, you know, you're then on the defensive trying to get yourself back positionally where you want to be, that's when you're probably losing the game. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I can't deny any of that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, is there anything else you want to say about Pandora and the Dark Horse that she is? Just a re- one reminder, don't play into Tin Thunders. <laughs> that's, that's very clear. Like the only two games that I lost, I lost because I play against Tin Thunders. Yeah, so looking at the meta and looking at tournaments, because one thing I did mention is that we are actually, um, it's kind of a tournament, but it's not because technically uh, Firefly and Columbia, South Carolina can't uh, can't do actual events, but they have a play area. So we can can run a tournament, but it's not a tournament, if you know what I mean. But basically, we're going to go ahead and run a tournament at Firefly Games in Columbia on... uh, May 15th is when we're going to run it. So it's Saturday. Uh, I know that there's a bunch of people from North Carolina and Georgia that sometimes listen. So just be on the lookout. I'm going to send information out on that because I'm going to be fully vaccinated for over a month at that point. So I'm, I'm excited. Hmm. But like, I mean, since you said it, it would advance, I may actually be able to make there, it. There you go. You <laughs> got a place to stay if you want, Dixon. But what I was going to say, though, is as far as tournaments go, because mm-hmm. I think there are going to be, you know, more store events as, you know, all this opens back up. But I think you see other masters in Neverborn just that are either sexier or they're more powerful in people's eyes. And that's going to be crews like I think you're going to see a crap ton of Dreamer. I think you're going to see a crap ton of Nakima. And then mm. I don't know. Who do you think's the other third master that you see a lot of? In, in um, Sorida, I, I, I can, yeah, I can think of Sorida as being one of the better picks. I don't know. Do you see Zoraida played a lot over the other ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nakima is, I think Nakima is the, the, the third most played. I think Sorida, yeah, Sorida, Sorida is the most played Neverborn master, and she sits at a pretty high win rate 17. 29 let me tell you in a second uh she has 17 wins 12 losses and one tie okay she is the most though she's the second most played in everyone dreamer is sitting at 19 wins 14 losses and two ties okay yeah so i think i think actually um the two the three best masters really weirdly our dreamer number one Sarita number two and then following that is titania like we talked about it earlier yeah, I think that I think Dreamer just has the problem of being the master and crew that people look at in Neverborn first and they think it's really cool. And then it mm-hmm. just turns out to also be really powerful. Yeah. I mean, 57% win rate in he is the most played master in Neverborn is actually really good. Yeah. 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 Because it, it, it is a forgiving crew. I think also just taking bad cards out of your deck and and what some of those models do just can be really and I think he flexes into 
he's he's one of the masters I think I could bring in any any of the scenarios, any of these strats and schemes, honestly. Yeah, he can do every single like remember what we talked is like every every faction has at least one or two models that can play every single strategy. Yep. In Neverborn, I think it's Dreamer number one, then um whatchamacallit her number two, um Sarita. Because Sarita has action economy that cannot be compared, really. Yeah. And then Dreamer just has summons. Yeah, yeah, summons and I actually like a lot of the different pieces, like the Bandersnatch is really good. Um Mm-hmm. Like you said, all the summons, and then you have the beaters in that crew too, with like Teddy and Lord Chompy. So it just yep. it flexes super hard into any of those strats and schemes. Yep. Both the Widow Weaver and the Bandersnatch are all over the place. Yep. You have to constantly chase yep. down uh, webs. <laughs> yep. It's like, all right, if I destroy this web, I can contain the Widow Weaver <laughs> and have one turn to kill her. And then they're, and then they're gone. Yeah, and then they're gone. Exactly. Like if she hits you, gets uh, before the activation, her activation starts. If you activate like the band, let's say you're playing both of them. If you activate the band of snatch, move into a range, put the web marker within twelve inches of her, but outside of range of any other model that you have, she's disappearing. She's gone unless you kill her before she activates. Yeah, let's just say if we're in a tournament and you declare Neverborn, not you yeah. specifically, Dixon, but you know, let's just yeah, say yeah. random ex Neverborn player. I don't yeah. think you're going to shock anybody if you drop Dreamer. They're just like, okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, no, it's, oh, if I play against a Neverborn player and I'm playing Neverborn, I purposefully am not going to pick Dreamer just because I don't want the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny because, like, uh, Dreamer versus, in my experience, Dreamer versus um, uh, Titania. Titania has an advantage over him. It's pretty funny. All right. Well, let me ask you. Obviously, there's different scenarios, but let's say the deployment is good and let's say we're playing Corrupted. Would mm-hmm. you drop Pandora against the Dreamer crew? Yeah. You feel okay about that? Yeah, because they like to buff each other, and Pandora likes to punish that. <laughs> Good. Keep buffing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to concentrate, take damage, or go away from me. Like, you just pick one or the other. And they usually don't have uh, a lot of... Um, good uh ruthless uh the only one is carver and i don't think carver is good enough for that matchup yeah not no, there's other stuff you want to be doing probably yep 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 yeah all right man well, i think that's a that's a good spot to leave it I, I definitely i'm a fan of pandora like i said she's definitely not one you can bring in every situation but man when that board's right it just you know once you've played her enough you can realize when the board is screaming for pandora Oh my god, yes. You're just like, like oh, there's a, there's a corridor right here. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, I'm going to drop Pandora and you're going to be miserable the whole time and it's going to be good. And I, I know that we didn't touch on this a lot, but if it's a matchup where Raph can survive one or two hits, Raph is coming in, then you're even more screwed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, well, we're going to go ahead and I think we'll wrap up there. Make sure that you guys are checking out all our content. Uh, we're starting to, as the spring and summer kind of start kicking back in and uh, Pete and Dixon and Chris, we find our motivation to keep on gaming. And now that we can actually play in person, I know that hasn't been an issue for you, Dixon, for me though, it's been a huge issue. Like my, my gaming yeah. motivation has been like so low with this stupid pandemic. I everybody. I that's the reason why I continuously recommend people is like please go to your local, you know, game store and just do anything you can to like try to support them because if if we're struggling because you know we can't find somebody to play with or we can't just go and play, they're struggling because they can't make the money yep. necessary to keep being alive. Yeah. 
Yep. And that's definitely big. So I, I concur. That's something that you definitely need to, uh, to make sure that you're supporting them still, even if you're not gaming in person as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in Virginia in the Northern area, please go for, uh, what's our hobbies. And if you're in the mid to South area, there's always a, your hobby place or a games garrison. So please go in and support them. Yeah. And Huzzah Hobbies is a phenomenal store. I, I always love going to game there. Oh, it's the best store in Nova. Like the hands down best game store in Nova. <laughs> yeah. Is there uh I mean, obviously it's still a little far out, but do you know if they're anticipating doing Nova this year since, uh, things are getting back in, in where they're supposed to be. So, uh, Chris, the owner and, uh, pretty much, uh, their game store, uh, managers, because they have two of them, they're constantly paying attention to CDC warnings and WHO stuff. And they are very, very happy that the rate of vaccination is close to like 70 to 80%. And as soon as it gets to a certain area where like both the CDC and the WHO are comfortable, they're going to start opening the store fully for tournaments and everything. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Right now they just have it set up that you can reserve one or two tables. And as long as you keep a distance of eight, you know, I mean, sorry, um, I say eight feet, but it's six feet. Uh, you're fine. As long as you do the guidelines, they don't care. Yeah, I'm just uh, the one thing I was asking for the for the store is I was saying, OK, well, if we're vaccinated, do we need to wear a mask? And I, I haven't gotten yeah. a response back. But, you know, if they say you still need to wear a mask, whatever, even though I, yeah. I don't think it's needed at that point, but. You know, if a store still mandates a mask, it's like, okay, I guess we'll do this until the store is comfortable. Yeah. According to the to the last time I checked the CDC, they said you need to wear a mask because although you cannot be affected by the virus, others can and you might be a carrier. Yeah, well, see, I think there's a lot of studies that still need to happen there because, yes, I mean, I agree. I agree. But like, I think they're, for now, they're doing they're, that to be cautious. I don't think they're doing yeah, that because exactly. they know. Exactly. No, I agree. The same thing. But like right now, we're so close to the end. Yeah, let's just you know one or two more months. We've already gone through like a, a year and some change. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, <laughs> if it's one or two more months to just be done with this crap. I will gladly do it. It's like now I see a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't give a fuck. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's definitely the thing. But I, I'm I am happy to see people running tournaments again. I think there's actually some countries. I can't remember. If it, I think it was Australia that. I had a couple friends that they were doing a tournament and they had no masks. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in, uh, I think the, the rule is if you're outside, you can, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, make sure that everybody you're checking out all our content on YouTube. Uh, we actually have a new battle report that'll be coming out here soon. Um, yeah. Just that one's been taking a little bit, like I say, to edit and it's almost done. So that'll be coming out here soon for people to check out. And then the next one we do is going to have our new uh, new camera rig. So I'm kind of excited to try that next time. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's happening. Know what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that being said, Dixon, we're going to go ahead and flip some cards and flip some tables. And we'll uh-huh. see everybody next time. Let's raid. I knew you were. You were going to come to me. And here you are. But you better choose carefully. Cause I, I'm capable of anything. Of anything. Make me a Aphrodite Make me a one and only Make me your enemy Your enemy Your enemy 
falling for Baby, do 